It's Tuesday, October 25th, 2016, and you are listening to episode 59, version freaking 3 of Roll Up and Die. Yeah, I'm suffering from kind of a cold too, so my my voice is going to be kind of kind of low and sultry all night. Oh man, me too. My uh, <laughs> I, I have a sore throat, and last night I had a D and D game. I ran the Provokers. Yeah. It was like what was that like three and a half hours, Barker, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, three and a half hours. And game. my voice held on fine through doing all yeah. the crazy voices and and talking a bunch and everything. And then I went to bed and I couldn't sleep because my my throat was so itchy. Like yeah. I was just like. All that talking just yep. destroyed my throat. Oh, it's so much worse for a GM too, because you you got to be talking all the time. You know, a, a, oh, exactly. a, a player can you know take time and sit back and let the other players kind of pick up the load. But yeah. GM, you're always on. Well, and I just I happen to have an NPC <clears throat> that has like a you know like a really like grady low sort <laughs> of half orc voice. And yeah. yeah, exactly. So you know, at one point, I'm... they uh, near the end of the session, the players met another a new NPC. And I was planning on doing an accent for her, and yeah. I was like, you know what? My throat hurts so bad. She's going to sound like me. <laughs> awesome. So she ended up she ended up just sort of sounding like me, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But <laughs> you know when my voice gets uh, super raspy is at the end of Brigade Con. Mm. Oh yeah, like. my entire body at that point is just finished. I was going to say, is it possible for your brain to re- be raspy? Because that's every brigade con I've participated yeah. in. At the end of it, I'm just, I'm spent. I get, yeah. yeah. Last year, I was up, what was it, 38 hours or something like that. It was ridiculous. It was it was, it was yeah. too much. I'm sleeping this year. <laughs> yeah, man. You're going to hibernate through brigade con? Yeah, exactly. I guess we should probably uh, I slept through brigade, brigade con, con all is, of it. I slept for 24 hours. But anyone listening, don't you hibernate through brigade con, brigade con? Sign up now at brigadecon.org. There it is. Yeah, actually, just really quick, Brigade Con is actually a 24-hour online RPG convention. It's like a real th- It's like the real thing except you're not inside of a sea of yeah. sweaty black t-shirts. You get to yes. uh, attend the entire convention in your pajamas, but everyone's running games and Google Hangouts and mm-hmm. playing in games and running panels and doing art showcases and we're doing giveaways and every single dime that's that's made is uh, goes to charity Child's Play Charity yep. in Seattle or around the world so it's it's an awesome event and I encourage you all to mark your calendars for the 29th that's actually going to be coming up pretty soon from this episode yeah. um yeah block off the 29th midnight eastern time mm-hmm. to the <clears throat> midnight eastern time the 30th <laughs> Uh, and uh, you just block that uh, sometime in that period off and uh, hang out with us at brigadecon.org. And I believe yeah. Bar- I think and my I, uh... I was going to say, and I believe Barker here was the irritant in the oyster that became the pearl of uh, of this convention. It was. Your, it, it was. was. It, it, it really was, was. It was his idea. That you're well, that, no problem. That was quite an analogy. It took. You, see, I'm slower than people like Matt. Matt is super smart. He's got he's got a brain like the aliens from <laughs> Mars attacks. <laughs> It's huge. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not as smart you can, as You Matt. can see it through the skin of my head. That's how big it is. You can, yeah. 
<laughs> that's a stomach flu movie right there. That is it. That's another Chronicles of Riddick. That is level yes, stomach flu. Movie that is a stomach sure. flu movie. We should and have that, a list: Mars Attacks, Chronicles of Riddick, and that's a mashup yeah. that should be made. Oh man, Riddick <laughs> oh, goes up against the Mars Attack aliens. Yeah. Oh, um, you know I you should my, run that next Brigade Con. Yeah, <laughs> use fate. Um, well, yeah. One of my favorite things about Brigade Con is the panels. I love the panels. I love watching <clears> them <throat> and participating in them. Like the yep. games are great, yep. right? But I just love like skipping around to the different panels and seeing mm-hmm. the different people that are talking. And yeah. um, I think Jake Norman from Mini Terrain Domain is doing a four-hour panel where he creates terrain live. Like he he posted the like. What, uh, schematics, yep. the layout of what mm-hmm. he's going to make, and he's going to spend all four hours of a panel building something live, and it's going to be really, really awesome. I'm That's really so looking dope. forward to I'm, tuning into that. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to him actually and see if I can get him uh, to post the ingredients that he purchased <laughs> that he's going to use for the project, just in case people want to craft with him. Dude, it'd be like a Bob Ross. It would oh, be, be cool. like a Bob. I'm gonna have the uh, the <laughs> the tools I'm using scroll across the bottom of the screen. Phalo <laughs> blue. Phalo blue. That's what I was. <laughs> There's like, a, what, what is that was, blue? What is that blue? Alizarin crimson <laughs> is another good one that he uses. Gosh. Uh, happy little. What was that? I think midnight black is another one that he has. Oh. Gosh, but and his oh, his dude, voice, oh. the tones yep. of his voice and the tones of that 19. 19- 80s uh, audio recording tape yep. are just so complimentary. It's Indeed. I could I, I nap to that and the uh, the Star uh, Star Trek Next Generation uh, starship sounds. Oh, yeah, nice. that white noise. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Mm. Actually, I have here's the, here's the, I know we're we're ten minutes into the banter here, but I have a we quick banter topic for you guys. Seconds into the banter. Oh, oh! I was looking at the the Skype call instead. It's only been five minutes. We're golden. All right, here's it. I have a question for you guys. All right. Um, do you fall asleep to anything? And if so, what? I know Alex's answer is the bang of the hounds. (laughs) (laughs) As they call to him from the wilds. Do I fall asleep to anything? Um, Specific show, music. No, not really. Anything like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Not really. And, uh, I, I feel like there was a time where I was having trouble sleeping, and mm-hmm. melatonin makes me feel hungover, so I was listening to a podcast, but that was like two nights. <laughs> I, I, I don't listen to anything. If I can't sleep, I will get up, and there are two shows. that uh, One of two shows I will watch. The first one is Rick and Morty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will watch that show. Uh, the second one is Arrested Development. Mm. Oh, and perfect. so I do fall asleep to those shows, <laughs> Because I fall asleep after I get up, go to the couch, bring my blanket, and an episode and a half in, I'm just gone. They, right. Those shows, yeah. for some reason, just put me to sleep. So I guess that would be my answer. Okay. When I was much younger, I used to listen to the radio when I when I went to bed. But um, because I live in a small house with lot with other people, it's uh, it's kind of hard to do that. Sometimes I'll put on headphones and I'll listen to a, uh, a guided meditation. But oh uh, yeah, oh cool. Um, but apart from that. I uh, usually don't. I kind of like I kind of like the quiet. Yeah, that's fair. I I enjoy the quiet from time to time, but I find that I I think too much if it's quiet. Mm-hmm. Like my my thoughts sort of fill the mm-hmm. space that the silence leaves, and I'm an overstimulated yeah. millennial, so I have yeah. to have this constant <laughs> constant input into my brain. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll usually I'll usually put on. Um, 
uh, Mystery Science Theater, which mm-hmm. is my all-time favorite oh, show, okay. oh, and uh, yeah. I've seen every episode so many times <laughs> that I have like my staple of like classic yep. episodes, and I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna put on space mutiny or writing yeah. with death or whatever you know i'll pick my favorite mystery science yeah. theater episode and i'll put that on and those are perfect because they're 90 minute episodes mm-hmm. and so yeah. they're long enough to where <clears throat> if i'm drifting off a little bit waking up going back to sleep the show will still be on but it's not like you know lord of the yeah. rings length where it's going to be on all night or whatever <laughs> yeah so, and right. mystery, science I love mystery science theater is you know in general is just a good show to be able to you know kind of doze off to you know, oh, absolutely. And I, I grew up watching that show, and yep. so I find I find their voices comforting, I suppose, in the uh, as they make fun of the movies. I find that yes. very comforting for some that, certain reason. That's actually so. pretty funny. My favorite show of all time is another one of my sleeping shows, which is Top Gear. Oh, uh, yeah. I, you, I, you know what? Yeah. This is adorable. Barker <laughs> fell asleep to Top Gear at my house. I did. That's true story. At my this house. He fell asleep. percent true story. Fell asleep six inches from me. Sweet baby boy. Babs and I were spooning. She was big spoon. <laughs> um, by the end of it. Babs and, is my dog, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Not a, not no, a that's person. His, that's his his grandmother. That that my grandma bad that lives was with staying there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we're almost officially at a ten minutes. I feel like yes. we should search yeah, for right. a segue. <laughs> so the segue is uh, that we already recorded the show and we're actually recording again. Um, yes. And it's uh, it's all my fault. But uh, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. Your what mulliganing RPG podcast? We're taken oh, to. Oh, nice. Taken to, yeah. That's the golf right. terms. Um, yeah. But yeah, today we are talking about. Uh, oh no, no, no. Yeah, not yet. Where I'm not, I'm not there yet. Uh, thank you for tuning in. <clears throat> we got to that part. My name is Barker. That's where we're at in the uh, in the, in the series. Good. Uh, my, I would hate for us to go off uh, off script here. That's my name is don't. Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, aka Captain Gothnog. And now, today, we are talking about pantheons and gods, and we're going to sound hopefully like experts, because we have at least 55 minutes of this under our belts. Man, you know what's funny, though, is it's been a couple weeks since we recorded that episode, and so I can't remember what we talked about. So this is going to be a whole new ball game here. It's going to be new. So so let's, let's kind of go back in time to an earlier tradition of an episode of Roll Up and Die, and and come up with a uh, a stereotypical, cliche, boring old pantheon or way to create a god or a deity. Uh, and I'm going to roll my Watto D6, which is blue and red. And uh, that's going to be Matt. The wor- Probably the worst thing that you can do. Well, not the worst thing. This is a, a viable way to make a pantheon, but the focusing too he's much. He's going right in for the... I'm going right in. I'm going <laughs> for the jugular here. People. The, I think... Um, you will do your pantheon a disservice if you focus too much on alignment. And if you mm. say, you know, I want to make a lawful good god and a neutral good god, and, you know, you have your, what, seven? Is that how many alignments there are? Yeah. Oh no. Gosh, yes. There's a bunch. Seven basic alignments, seven. classic <laughs> alignments of D&D. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I'm going to have one god for this alignment, one god for this alignment. Yeah. And you, you sort of focus on that a little bit too much. And I think that alignment is a really simplistic way of looking at people let alone cosmic beings as such as god so i would say that you know create your pantheon and then apply 
alignments to them if that's something that mm-hmm. you use in your world. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Alex? What, what's your... Uh, um, you go I, ahead. I think, I think a, a trap to fall into is, would be to make them too accessible, uh, too commonplace. Uh, in a way, it's kind of like we talked about dragons in that, you know, if you, if you make them like, you know, just you, you have, you meet your God in a tavern, <laughs> you know, that, that it, it, it's <laughs> that by definition, they're supposed to be sort of, um, so beyond mortals that they, they may be even in, inco- may even be incomprehensible to us. And right. so <clears throat> what, what we, ex- what we experience of them is all we can handle essentially. That's a, yeah. it's a, it reminds me of in that in the movie Dogma, mm-hmm. where you know yeah. the, the the Metatron, you know, <laughs> speaks because if uh, if the human being would hear the voice of God, their head would explode. Right. Yeah. Very similar to like the voice of Sauron in Lord of the Rings, yeah, where it's yeah, like Sauron is, you know, he's a god. He's a god, basically. basically I mean, yeah. he is a god. He's a godlike being. So having, you know, a mouth of Sauron and different, you know, emissaries and things that can act mm-hmm. on his behalf because he's, you know, larger than life, basically. But mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that sort of idea. And that's that's sort of uh, a Lovecraftian kind of thing, too. Mm-hmm. That's sort of yeah. like, you know, you can't reckon the true form of of these old beings because they simply do not exist in the same plane of existence as us. They they spread across the planes. They exist in two planes at once or multiple planes at once. And um, you know, the the glimpses that we see of gods and godlike beings are just like Alex said, like the closest our pea brains, human pea brains, can conceive of these things and what they look like. You know, we apply yeah. a yeah. a physical form to them. Yeah, I think that's really that's really smart. Um, I, I think I, I, the only I have a difficult time talking about this uh, uh, just because I'm I'm not very good at it. And Matt, uh, I, I remember we talked about this in the last recording, and I want to bring it up again this time pretty soon. But I yeah. want you to talk about your Aranoth gods. Oh after this. yeah, but mm-hmm. um, the thing that I was going to say is I, I'm trying very hard to create a pantheon for my own world of Enkea, and. I, I'm finding it difficult to not make something that's a constant reminder to the players that they're playing a game. I don't want right. the pantheon mm-hmm. of my world to always be a, oh, that's a little peek behind the fourth wall because that's very unrealistic. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. us knowing how the gods work and then them still, you know, still being gods yet not behaving like gods and the <clears> alignments <throat> and the mm-hmm. mechanics behind, you know, getting clear getting their powers maybe or a paladin getting their mount i feel like mm-hmm. uh, so often pantheons and gods can be like i said reminders that you're playing a game and immersion yeah, right. breaking on accident well and one way to sort of avoid that is to not stat them <laughs> you know i mean yeah. D did that early mm-hmm. on and other systems have done it where they you know you you apply any any anything you set to apply stats to a deity you know, yeah. you're, you know, it's it's kind of like that meme that went around for a while. If it has stats, we can kill it. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, by giving it stats, you're sort of, it, it's it's sort of indirectly telling the players, you know, you might meet him one day and I'll need to know how strong he is if you're going to arm wrestle him, you know. Right. Yeah. That's a, uh, I, <laughs> I love in the Call of Cthulhu 7th edition book, I think it's Yogg-Sothoth. Uh, Yogg-Sothoth, yeah. His, his stat blocks <laughs> under spells, <laughs> it says as many as he wants. <laughs> <laughs> which I just I love it because it's almost like we're including this stat block so you have it but your players aren't going to win against him like as he's, he's going to wipe the floor with him that's a uh, that's a oh my gosh we have half a page of space to fill we need something anything yeah. someone give me an idea 
<laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, what what I wanted you to talk about, Matt, your the Aaron yeah. Gods, the your decision yeah. you recently made. Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> I've, I've struggled with a long time for the gods in my homebrew world of Aranoth, um, what they look like, how they act, how they interact with each other and with the world. And it was one of those things that I have just been hand-waving for years. And whenever a player wants to play a cleric or a paladin or, you know, some sort of divine <clears throat> uh, person. You cry first ask, and then you I cry. I go, oh, God. I, no, that's they, what I do. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. But I've just, I've just allowed them to, I'm like, hey, man, create your own, pick one from another setting. So, you know, we've got some Greyhawk gods in there. We've got some Celtic gods. We've mm-hmm. got some we've got some Faerunian gods in there. But I recently sort of had a breakthrough in writing. I'm writing a supplement right now for Absolute Tabletop called Stone Rift. It's all about the dwarves or one, one culture of the dwarves in my world. And I, I had a section where I wanted to talk about their religion and the different gods mm-hmm. that they revere and, you know, how they what their traditions are and stuff and so i really had to just kind of think about it and um i was writing the description for this um for this being called hrondor the storm king and he's sort of like the progenitor of the dwarven race he's their patron deity and i i was writing the description of him and i was saying that you know he's a he you know he basically looks like a dwarf and he has a beard and a helmet and Mm. You know, I you know, essentially describing <laughs> yeah. like a, a, a Moradin or a, or an Odin type figure. You know, just sort of very very human esque uh, in appearance or dwarven. Because no rather. one's ever gotten that in a book that they bought. Yeah, right. yeah that's, exactly. That's kind of thing. And and then I decided that I didn't want I didn't want the god in its physical form, or rather how it's depicted, to look like a person. I wanted it to look like Aranoth. I wanted it to look like you know the world and so instead of a a a human looking being it's a you know it's it's he is made of obsidian he's this giant leviathan made up of mountains and he has a beard made out of uh you know glaciers and a crown of crags upon his head and you know one of his arms ends in a in a uh in like a pickaxe looking thing and his eyes are alight with lightning and things like that and um just sort of steered away from making him tangible and making mm. him relatable and instead thinking you know thinking more about like um if you look at like uh like the hindu religion you know they have all of these yeah. just amazingly depicted gods mm. in their religion yeah. you know and you know things with that that look like animals that have multiple arms and things like that and i've sort of veered more in that direction of looking more at animals and terrain and weather things like yep. storms you know what what would a god of storms look like he would look like a storm he would look like the biggest baddest storm you've ever seen you know mm-hmm. and that has sort of opened up a lot of things for me and sort of got me thinking more about how gods work in Aranoth. and it's it's kind of exciting because it's it's an aspect of world building that I've never really dived into mm-hmm. in any sort of tangible way. And now that I am, it's exciting. It's new. Yeah. So I'm having yeah. fun with it. Well, and it's it's cool too because I mean I, I live in the Pacific Northwest. I am surrounded by oh, you yeah. know totems. the you know the the, the culture of, of you know Native America and looking at totems and mm-hmm. the you know the animals that they revere and the nature that they revere and things like that. And it's like this sort of imagery has been around me my whole life, but I'm just now looking at it in uh, sort of a, a, in the in the the context of a fantasy world because you're you're so tempted to go with a with like a, a more of a Norse or you know just sort of like you know human gods basically yeah and less thinking about you know animals and things like that and so 
it's cool to sort of veer off in that other direction, I think, and think about it in a different way. And, you know, I think don't let yourself be confined by preconceived notions of what gods look like and how they act and interact and things like that. And look to different areas for inspiration with that. Yeah, if there's Mm. ever a place to uh, stop uh, replicating what people have already made and jump off the the tracks, it's making your pantheons. Yeah. And your gods (laughs) really just go crazy. Uh, well, what about you, Alex? How how would you, um, how have you portrayed gods in your games in ways that you feel uh, worked really well for you? Well, usually when I be if well, <clears throat> I haven't started a new world in a long time. But when I started a new world, I decided I wanted to uh, basically start with the creation myth because that's going to sort of tell you where the gods come from, and that's going to help you design the gods because if you know. Again, looking if you look at Tolkien's uh, creation myth in the Silmarillion, it's it's uh, all the all the gods, the Valar, came from the One, and they essentially sing the universe, you know, the world into existence. Um, and so, by starting with the creation myth, you can kind of um, you know come up with what you want. And my world is essentially held together by these uh, um, by these great pillars, and each pillar is a uh, a balance between two two divine powers in opposition. And so those are sort of the main deities. Those are the first ones. And then What do you mean two divine powers in opposition? So, Sorry, what does that mean? Oh, so for example, um one pillar is of time and space. Uh one is of life and death, one is of law and chaos. Um, okay, cool. That sort of thing. So they awesome, they're, cool. sort of, they're sort of these opposed butter and jelly. <laughs> So I missed that one. <laughs> what did that get you, man? I'm sorry. I, just, I don't know. Just because it was so dumb. I just... yeah, that's it. That's it. I did. I did it all just, for the joke. I imagine like the pillars of law and chaos, of light and darkness, of peanut, peanut butter, butter and, and jelly. jelly. <laughs> oh goodness. Of turkey and potatoes. Oh my gosh! I'm so, we have talked about this for 20 oh, seconds too long. Yeah, we've way interrupted too long. Alex. Way too long. Sorry, I'm so sorry. That's okay. No, now uh, I'm hungry too, man. I don't know what to do. So yeah, so you know you have these base, these these sort of basic powers, and then the other deities were born from them, and you know the 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 lesser the lesser ones, and um, I, I I really kind of flushed out the main ones, and then after that I started to write down other ones as I thought of them. And so, uh, usually to flush those out, I wait till a player wants to worship that deity, and then I let them sort of begin to t- sort of take it in a direction, you know, deciding yeah. what the rituals are, what their deity is like, what their um, their personality is like, because you know, like like you were saying, Matt, you know, staying away from the 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 typical alignments, you know, I definitely didn't mm-hmm. want to do that. For example. The god of death is is isn't isn't necessarily evil. Death is a natural part of life, and so right. life and death are not only are not necessarily in opposition, but complementary. They, you know, you can't have one without the other. So the deities themselves aren't necessarily good or evil, at least on that level. Um, yeah. they're, they're just forces <laughs> that uh, that exist. Right. I think that makes a lot more sense to me. As well, and you know, I don't want to—I don't want to touch on the religion subject too much, but I feel like the two people, the two types of people who have the most difficulty with making religions 
in, in my experience, are people who are very religious and people who are not religious at all. Mm, right. It's just like for two completely different reasons. So yeah, uh, that's yeah. a good point. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I can't imagine anyway. The, yeah. uh, but, but what I've kind of tried to infuse into my world is the idea that if you, if you add magic to a world, if you make it fantasy, mm-hmm. then automatically you're going to have, because of magic, you're going to have more cultures, more types of people, more races, more tribes, more yeah. you know wild lands, more languages, more religions. So don't feel like building a pantheon is painting yourself into a corner and you can never change it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you're in a fantasy world, you could write up write up any any religion and say, well, you know, these people in a far tucked away place, they worship that weird thing. But yeah, yeah, you know, just uh, yeah, well, you can make up what you want. Well, and you can have old gods that died a long time ago or were imprisoned, or you can have new gods being born. Um, I mean. Uh, Faerun, I think, is is pretty well known for killing off deities pretty regularly. So, yeah, they have a high turnover rate on their pantheon. <laughs> right, right. So, and 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 that's kind of cool too, because then you get to think about what does this mean to the world. You know, you, you suppose you had this entire group of people who were worshiping this deity, and now that deity is dead. You know, right. what happens to them? You know, especially yep. especially the the clerics. You know, <laughs> they they now have no access to power. And and they're and they're pretty much you know back to back to square one. They're you know they're basically just you know fighters at that point without any you and, know. And, yeah. And what does that even mean when the deity is dead? Yeah. Does that mean right? Does that mean there's a massive body like Goliath getting killed and buried right, like, is right. it in the middle <clears throat> of a field? Like does it is there did a star go out? You know like what yeah. what does is there you know, going to be storms for 333 <laughs> days, you know, because yeah. uh, of this God died. Like what something's got to happen. That is something so supernatural that it can't be statted out. Right. Right. That it's yeah. only, it's got to be narrative for story. Yeah. Um, a moon, Man, a moon could disappear. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. a, a giant skull falls, falls, literally falls to, falls to the ground. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh, the, size yeah. Of, the size of a mountain, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, that's, that's this awesome. is reminding me. I I played in a campaign one time, Pathfinder campaign, where uh, the basic premise was um, the patron deity of this city had been killed, um, had died in this like you know climactic war in Celestia, and yeah. <clears throat> I decided that I wanted to play a cleric of this god who had lost mm. his you know ability to cast magic, and so yeah. he was like an old like drunk former cleric who was like oh, i used to worship a god and then he went out and went and got himself killed you know and now i you know i have no purpose or whatever and part part of his sort of arc was you know resuming his faith and becoming a cleric again and that was that was mm-hmm. really cool so i mean it's not just for game masters and world building like as a player you can think about gods and and how they might you know affect your character and things like that yeah i had a player awesome. I, had, I had a player who abandoned his deity um and there, there were there were some severe consequences from it, but uh, and and but we had this whole sort of side campaign where he had to go through this process to create a ritual to sever his tie to to his his former god, and uh, you know of course that was very dramatic. And then he was essentially without power for a long time until another god called upon him. You know, basically sent him sent him began sending him signs that uh, you know. They were looking to basically recruit him. Yeah, that's awesome. I love yeah. that. He's, he put he put his cleric resume up online and had recruiters coming. 
Would you be interested in this job? (laughs) His phone was vibrating (laughs) off the hook, man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They were after him. Oh, man. So, Um, go ahead. I was just, before I forget, I need to recommend a product here. And I don't don't often uh, plug products that are not mine on (laughs) Roll Up and Die. But one of them, one of the books that I've really enjoyed lately, it's called Petty Gods. Um, It's... uh, it's for old school D and D, but mm-hmm. you, I mean, it's very little mechanical things. It's it's yeah. just inspiration mostly. But it's a uh, a compendium of weird and unusual minor godlings, oh, and neat. it's like three hundred something minor deities with like <laughs> names and their symbols and what they what they look like mm-hmm. and um you know what they embody and things like that, and then like what their <clears throat> what their followers would look like and things yeah. like that. And it's just like. It's really awesome. And this is one of the books that I was reading while I was working on Stone Rift and working on the gods thing. And it really mm. just like opened up to like, why did, you know, why am I thinking that there has to be like three or four gods in my pantheon? There could be hundreds, you know, there yeah. could be yeah. major gods and minor gods and, you know, Demigods, uh, yeah. avatars and, you know, minor angelic beings and, you know, godlings and things like that. And it's just like, it opens it up and makes it feel so much more exciting instead of, it kind of scary which is how yeah. it had been before so yeah. definitely check it out it's called petty gods it's it's oh, on awesome. drive through it's amazing yeah um that I, sounds fantastic th- that made me think of something too re- regarding books right now we're listening to a uh, uh audiobooks of uh his dark materials um oh, by yeah. philip pullman have you guys oh, yeah. read that i've not I've never read it Heather's i'm familiar with it yeah oh cool yeah, yeah and they made a movie of it uh, a while back called the golden compass that was the that's uh, basically right. the first book yeah. But the, the cool thing about that, and this is something to consider, it ties in with the deities, is that in that in their world, their soul uh, lived outside their body as what they call a demon, which took an animal form. And as a child, this, this form would continually change until you enter puberty, and then it would finally fix itself into a single animal form. You know, kind of very much like the, uh, the wizard's familiar kind of things, only it is part of them. It is, the, it, it is, it is their soul, literally. Huh. Oh, and, cool. and and if it and if it dies, you die, and vice versa. So um, I I, th- I I was, you know, like I said, we've been listening to this story and coming up to this uh, recording, it made me think of that. It's like, wow, that, you know, that that's kind of that's a really neat idea to 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 role play in a world like that, where you know you 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 have this part of you that's outside and and kind of vulnerable in a way, you know, to have your right. your 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 soul like out and about, you know, in your vicinity. <laughs> it can be useful too. But yeah, it, at least in 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 that mythology, it couldn't get very far away from you. Uh, it had to stay within a certain range, uh, like maybe th- I don't know if it was thirty feet or whatever. You know, something some kind of range. Uh, yeah. yeah. And and as it and as it started to get further away, it began to hurt. <laughs> you know, to the point of oh. to the point of agony. You know, uh, you know, it, it, and yeah, it's it's a it's a great series if anyone if you get a chance to read it. That's cool. Awesome. That reminds me of a. There was a class in Pathfinder. I can't remember what it was called. But it might have been the summoner class. They got this thing called an Eidolon that was kind of like a familiar, mm-hmm. but it was way, like, way more important and integral to the character. And it was like you were sort of two halves of the same whole. And it, the Eidolon could be something like it could look like a person or it could look <clears> like an animal <throat> and things like that. But that that was always kind of a cool, like, sort of spiritual aspect of the character, them having an Eidolon that they could summon and were sort of always linked to, which was kind of a cool idea. Yeah. That is cool. And you could take an idea like that and not necessarily have it applied to your entire world, but maybe the worshipers of a specific deity, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, know, 
as a child, you choose to, you know, you're brought up in this family and, and given over to the worship of this deity. And at that point, your, your, your demon, you know, forms itself. And then after that, you, you know, it, it, as long as you're part of that belief system, it stays with you. And if you leave, you could die, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's a really good, a good way to do it. I think that's excellent. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to write that down as a note. <laughs> Use it in my game. <laughs> no, but really, that is awesome. And I have never read his dark materials, uh, mm. but but I'm definitely going to. I've heard uh, tons of good things, um, uh, inspirational things. I, you know, I don't I don't have any material to recommend watching any media to to watch when it comes to gods. I feel like. Maybe I feel like I get a lot of my inspiration from uh, Saga, the graphic novel, the trade paperback series. Mm-hmm. The, oh, yeah. The comic series. Um, just because the, a lot of the stuff in there is so out there that it there's no fences to keep you enclosed. And I yeah. feel right. like that's – so that's inspiring, just getting in your mind in that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. Well, there's plenty of inspiration to get just from the real world. You know, we've talked about a lot of real-life pantheons that people have – have worshipped and um i mean there, there are hundreds and so all of them can be inspiration you know you you know especially if you're just starting out and <clears throat> you're not comfortable coming up with a pantheon from scratch take an existing one and reskin it you know it's it's not that hard you know you change the names a bit you you uh you know just just play around with them it's just like they're just kind of like they were characters and then you know you, you have a new pantheon and just and just run with that yep. yeah yeah so, how do you guys like manifest gods in your worlds? Like, ha- have have they ever appeared to your players? How do they interact with people, if at all, in your world? Well, in that in that situation I was telling you about with uh, the character who uh, was uh, abandoning his god, yeah, and it, it, he's he was sort of abandoning because he was cursed anyway, because he was uh, it was a sky deity. Um, and he was forbidden from going into the earth underground at all. And, oh. and, and, and he violated that to go with the party. So, and, and so he was cursed by his God. And, and so, um, and a lot of this was all player driven. He can came, came up with some of the stuff himself. And so he, he, um, as part of his order, he grows these great antlers out of his skull. And, uh, what happens is they begin to grow inward and, and like affect oh. his brain. And so he was, kind of playing the character is sort of, you know, becoming mad. And he was taking these, this uh, kind of toxic uh, mixture that simultaneously made him sick, but also kind of slowed the process of all this. And hmm. um, at, at the very end, he had this huge ritual on a mountaintop. And uh, uh, the way I had the God sort of manifest while he was, while he was doing this, and he kind of came up with the ritual himself, but you, you just see these massive thunderheads appearing in the sky and, and, you know, the sort of, sort of vague sort of shape uh, forming in them of a, of a face, you know, looking down with this 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 look of rage and lightning, you know, uh, uh, arcing through through across the brow and through the eyes, that sort of thing. And so it, it was a very, you know, kind of like you're talking about Matt with just um, this this great storm, you know, uh, right. uh, looming over the the scene. And finally, the lightning came down and struck, you know, the, the, this great gem that he had was using. And split the gem, you know, uh, sent him flying, and, and he had to basically, 
uh, almost die in order to complete this. There was a good. He actually could have died, but um, oh man, yeah. So yeah, it was that's uh, awesome. Yeah, it was, but it was it was a great scene. But yeah, so just awesome. just having that sort of um, you know force of nature uh, was 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 very powerful. Yeah, awesome. that's awesome. That is very cool. I had something. I I, I was. Oh yeah, um, I was gonna mention visions and and dreams. Mm. That, oh that's, yeah, that's my go-to for yeah. sure. I, I like the idea that Enkea shows people, you know, not what is really there, but instead <clears throat> what they need to see, kind of like mm-hmm. hallucinations and stuff like that. That's how right. the gods and the powers that be communicate with people. Yeah. Because I think that is a, a perfect narrative <laughs> device. Yeah, and it's not statable. So. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I uh in the last session of the first Provokers campaign, I actually had um Durgan Bloodmount and he's a uh, paladin. I had him actually meet his god, but it was sort of special circumstances because they were fighting in basically this extra planar rift and they all got kind of like sucked into it at one point and they all sort of had a, a vision. Some of them saw people that weren't there anymore, like one of the characters saw their their late mother and uh one of the characters saw their their dead wife. But this paladin saw his god, Tritherion, and instead of having it be this big, grand thing, it was basically just him and Tritherion sitting in a field, and Tritherion's, like, leaning up against a boulder, sharpening his sword. It's, like, one of those things mm-hmm. where it's, like, if if he didn't recognize him as his god, he wouldn't even know that he was a god. He was appearing in such an opposite way, just sort of, like, yeah. muddy boots, armor, things like that. And... Yep. um. I don't know. That was that kind of goes against sort of my philosophy on deities and things like that, but it sort of worked with the character and it was something that you know me and the player had collaborated on and sort of like you're talking about Alex where that player had come up with the idea of this ritual mm, and yeah. having to go up to the mountaintop and 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 encounter this great storm. It's like, you know, thinking less about uh the gods and how they always work. And more so looking at each instance where, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the gods are present in your world and thinking about what makes sense for right now with these characters, with this god. Because, you know, gods are unexplainable beings. Their actions won't always make sense. So just take it one instance at a time and yeah. don't feel burdened or, you know, nailed down to any one thing. Yeah. And, and, That's and, the big one. And the example yeah. I used, I mean, that 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 was a, that was a very rare event. I'm, I, in most cases, I'm more like Barker in that, I like to use portents and visions and dreams, yeah, right? Um, to to hint at things rather than the you know the big you know hammer over the head with it, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am a god. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am Thor. Well, you should take the aspirin then. Um, <laughs> oh, that almost that almost beat oh, Barker's oh, peanut butter and jelly comment. It was the peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Oh, man. So uh, let's go ahead and take a question from the listeners. What do you guys think about that? I I like it. Yeah, that sounds great, man. Let's do it. All right, great. (laughs) So this question is from Tate M. How do you keep the faith of your players' characters without being over-religious talking or being totally not-present gods? Mm. So I think this means religion is either not on the table at all or it's too much flooding mm. the session with your your religious story arc. Is that is? Do you yeah. think that's kind of what it is? What Tate's uh, yeah. talking about? Yeah, I think so. I mean, too much or too little is, is kind of, you know, based on the flavor you want. I mean... You know, you could have a world that that religion played a massive part in it. You know, maybe the 
maybe the the nation's theocracies and and you know the, there's there's a lot a lot of that in power um or it could be more subtle so it really depends on the kind of world you're running well and i think <clears> that <throat> again always remember that you have uh, options and you're not constricted uh not restrained by uh any fences unless you build them around yourself yeah 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 and and i also like to give a lot of agency to the players too like if if they want to play a cleric who's more proselytizing, who's like constantly asking people, you know, have you heard, you know, have have you heard heard the word of Odin, you know, mm-hmm. and and and, <laughs> and and trying to trying to sell it on people, but it's also important to remember in a world like a fantasy world like this, the the gods are much more, even even if they're not present all the time, they're certainly more tangible, and you know, the 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 concept of faith, at least as it's used in our world, isn't really as necessary. You know, uh-huh. you know, even if you right. worship a different god, you don't doubt the, necessarily the existence <clears throat> of the other gods. <laughs> you know, you just That's worship really this point. one. You know, it, you, know, it, you I, know, you don't need to be, be be convinced of it. Now, you could have people like that, sure, and, and that could be an interesting thing to explore as well. But for the most part, at least in a fa- in the typical fantasy setting, it's kind of assumed that everyone just, you know, has has knowledge that they exist. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of that comes from uh, a lot of a lot of mythologies, specifically Greek mythology, mm. because, you know, you think about Odysseus. Yeah. You know, Odysseus made a lot of gods mad, you know, and he he didn't just believe in one of them. Well, you know, uh, even even some, uh, you know, Christians today or Catholics today will petition to certain saints for safe travels. You sure. know, that's, right. uh, you know, these are multiple different powers that, that people <coughs> believe can help them. So uh, yeah. that's yeah. a very common thing. For sure. Well, I'm looking at things like prophets too. You know, there's different prophets in different religions, and well, you got a prophet, uh, yeah, <laughs> <You got> a <laughs> prophet. <laughs> no matter what you're doing in life, uh, you got a well, the other thing to consider too is that the the there could be other factors at work in a world like that as well. Like maybe uh, if you're on some other god's turf, you're not allowed to proselytize. You know, because if you, uh-huh. if, you if you try it, you know, you could be smote. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, some, that's something, interesting. Something bad could happen to you. That'd be a way you could do it. Maybe like if just go crazy with it and actually tie each god to their own nation on yeah. the world. Like, yeah. and I mean, and that's that would that's absolutely going crazy with it. But just I I I've never seen a world that's <clears> that <throat> you know uh, into it. So I, I would that'd be cool. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this is always the, the nations are at war, and mm-hmm. they're not they're not going to bingo every Tuesday night, man. They're killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another question from Jeremy B: What are some creative ways that you can have a god showcase showcase their displeasure or approval of a character's actions? And I uh, saw a game a long time ago, run by a guy named Sean Connors. Uh, uh, used to be a really big part of the RPG community on Facebook. Still talk mm-hmm. to him. Still great guy. Um, and he did this amazing thing during uh, the. He was running a game, and someone didn't know what to do, and they they role played how they were praying to their god for guidance. Mm-hmm. And he showed. He narrated the 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 parting of the clouds and a beam of light shining down upon the spot in the forest, which was where the next plot point was. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like the displeasure, <clears throat> approval, uh, any sort of sign, uh, can, uh, can be done with the weather in that yeah. way. Cause when I saw yeah. that, I was like, oh man, I'm sold. I'm, I'm stealing that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that. I've done I've done things in the past where it's like uh, you know a wind at their back pushing them towards something, or you know a, a you know a certain banner fluttering in the breeze, or yeah, things like that. So I'd say like displeasure you could have you know the rain putting their fire out or their torch <laughs> out or you know something like that uh would or a, yeah. a crow like swiping something out of their hand or something yeah. like that it's do you tr- watch the walking dead oh yeah. uh, i watched the first season of it okay well there in one of the later seasons there's this priest character mm. and they they take up shelter in a church and there are these scenes where they have to you know uh, c- chop the pews up for uh firewood and stuff you know so they're just ransacking the church of all its supplies so they can survive the zombie apocalypse. And the priest is beginning to see signs like blood on the floor that he can't clean up uh, mm. or uh, writing on the wall that say, that says you're all going to burn for this and, yeah. and thinking like those little signs that aren't they're they're They don't mean anything except for what they mean to us because yeah, right. we believe that this is a God's disapproval disapproval of what we've done or something we haven't done. Yeah. 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 It could be something as simple as a kid running up to him on the street and, and, and saying, um, you know, uh, you look like you have a cloud hanging over your head or something, you know, and and they start looking around and head. but the, the dangerous part with that and something that you have to be careful of is not, not having it become the hand of the DM yeah, you know, exactly. To to you know, because then 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 the players I think are gonna start to feel railroaded if, uh, you know, I mean, if it's used sparingly and in the right and in the right circumstances, it can it can be really powerful. But sure. if, but if every time you get stuck, you know, you get the you get this this like beam of light showing you the next point, boing, you know, you might as well put a glowing you know yellow question mark over their heads, you know, bouncing. Yeah. <laughs> <Like>, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, True so. and and in 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 reality in that game it was an excellently role played yeah. yeah, scene yeah. you know monologue soliloquy you know and and so definitely like <clears throat> Alex said you don't want to be doing that all the time right. because then they're just going to be like oh let's just hey can you call your god again can we get another one of those <laughs> spotlights that'd be great right right that'd be fantastic right. can you, can we get some rations too we're running out <laughs> yeah same, and the same, god's same like, yes same for extraordinary circumstances. You know, yeah. if if the if the cleric or or a person you know worshiper is having, you know, a crisis a crisis of of, of their religion, or if yeah. you know they do something that's against their religion, you know, what mm-hmm. happens to them then? You know, maybe maybe yeah. maybe this maybe this black spot appears in the back of their hand and it begins to sort of spread. You know, uh, yeah. yeah, they don't feel anything, but they just see this black spot sort of beginning to spread up their arm. You know, that sort of thing. So you could have all kinds of signs that. Will let the, the 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 player character know that they did something bad. <laughs> what about approval? Just really quick. Just uh, what are some signs of approval? Because for some reason, I'm, I feel like the disapproval is easier in my mind. To yeah, realize. I mean, going down the same path, you could do things like the sun shining, or yeah. you know, a, a a a strong you know scent of home on the wind, or you know, just something like that. Um, okay. Uh, uh, a mountain goat appearing on the horizon yeah. and sort of, <laughs> I picture the goat what? nodding approvingly, just like, what? Mm-hmm. yeah, like a mountain goat nodding oh. approvingly at them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a usual thing. Yeah. If you see a goat nod at you and sure. just like, hmm, good job. You're like, Hey man, 
I'm doing <laughs> a good job, Did the goat say good job, or does the goat nod, and I'm like, no. I think the goat is... Goats don't talk, Barker. Okay. <laughs> Silly boy. I know. I know. Um, actually, on this same topic, though, there's a there's a show on Netflix called Penny Dreadful. I don't know if you guys have watched oh, it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Um, but there's Josh a character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great show. There's a character in that show that uh, prays all the time. And in one of the first couple episodes, she's praying, mm-hmm. and a spider appears on her hand while she's praying and, like, walks across her hand. And it's sort of this very, like foreboding sort of mm-hmm. sinister image where she's praying to you know this cross this crucifix on the wall and this large spider crawls across her hand and then later on it's either in the same episode or a, a, a next episode she's praying and a bunch of spiders like burst out from behind the crucifix like crawling oh, out from nice. behind the crucifix yeah and she has this like horrified look on her face and it's this really cool like grim portent sort of thing it's where it's like oh what does that mean it's not clear yeah. what it means but it's yeah. like oh that can't be good <laughs> absolutely that can't be good <laughs> yeah you gotta fix your wall lady there's a bunch of yeah. spiders coming you out. got a you got a spider nest behind there <laughs> a spider nest you see, you it's, see, a, it's, it's important no yeah you see you see an exterminator come out from behind the curtain oh sorry about that i've been going yes i've been I trying, just to, get, back I'm trying to kill these things for weeks i was trying to choke point them through the wall i don't know choke point them bottleneck them Okay. Bottleneck them would probably be. Yeah. Well, you can even just have you can even just have cool stuff that no one else can see. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. They might 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 you might see a, a beautiful woman sort of you know nodding nodding to them from across a a crowded uh, market square or something or. So a beautiful uh, yeah. woman's okay, but a goat nodding that's just too that's too much <laughs> that's too, too far too weird too weird. <laughs> hey, it depends it depends on your your, uh, your religion. I guess yeah. so. I guess so. Uh, so let's uh, let's come up with an idea that pe- the, that the people can steal. The people, <laughs> the people. You're gonna roll the dice too, there. Oh, uh, me? Okay, cool. Yeah. I will. I'm going to roll it in my new wormwood dice tower. It has. It's gonna. Oh, wait, hold up. Before he rolls it, I just want to yeah. let you know the last, like the beautiful thing about this dice tower, the last little sound you hear is always perfect. The little plink. Little Here plink. Here we go. Here we go. Wait. Okay. One to two is me. Three to four is Barker. Five to six is Alex. Oh, perfect. Gosh. That's geez. a six, Alex. All right. Start us off, man. Uh, so are we creating a pantheon or what, what, are we, what are we creating? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's create a, a unique pantheon <clears throat> for a world. Okay. So uh, let's see. We're going to say that, the, that this pantheon is... Um, has uh, three major powers, um, and they were all originally one being that split into three um, at the at the at the at the birth of the of this world of this, of this universe. And um, all and all three are, are are basically sort of in 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 this sort of tension of opposition that they um, uh, they they all sort of. Uh, the three of the three the three of them together sort of hold the universe you know together almost if you imagine a symbol of of three people holding all holding hands in a circle and with and within them is the universe within you know within uh. within the bounds of their arms and so um that reminds me of the triforce in the legend of zelda yeah that's really the th- cool the three goddesses from yeah zelda. yeah yeah, awesome. yeah. Uh, the, the the yeah there's, there's a lot of religions that have like the triple goddess sort of thing and yeah. it, and and in, and in this case, I, I was kind of going to go that route. That one is uh, that they that they represent um, 
sort of sort of the three three aspects of um, three different aspects of creation, uh, whatever that might be. I'll let you guys figure that out. Okay. Oh, cool! <laughs> All right, cool. All right, I'm gonna roll again. One to three is me. Four to six, Barker. <sighs> Beautiful. Uh, that's a four. That's you, Barker. Awesome. Uh, I like the idea that these three concepts that are core to this pantheon are uh, one is the breath, and I imagine they're all mm. similar in sound of what they're called. But the breath is this idea that um, the uh, the d- gods prayed, breathed, uh, prayed life onto the world, and that through the the belief and the prayers of the people on the world, uh, the gods breathe in those prayers, and so they act like it acts like pr- the prayers act like oxygen for these gods. So if a god runs out of believers or prayers, they die, mm-hmm. and so uh, and so some gods are suffocating out, and others are breathing heavily, something like that. So um, I imagine that prayers keep the gods alive. And and strong. God, how does it happen? It's perfect <laughs> every time. <laughs> All right, so that was me. In case you didn't know, so I, I think that um, I love starting campaigns off in a time of great change, mm-hmm. and so I think at the onset of this campaign one of the goddesses or one of the one of the the members of this trinity uh has gone missing all clerics devoted to this god have lost their powers um statues of her have cracked temples have fallen um it's very evident that this goddess has somehow left or departed um this universe and uh so it's a time of great chaos and upheaval. And I imagine that there's some sort of like cult that has sort of like taken in the vacuum that is left with her. Mm -hmm. Um, and this cult believes that eventually all three will leave. This is just the beginning and soon the second will leave. And then after that, the third, and it's up to us to, you know, basically, you know, turn away from these gods and seek our own fortune but at the same time, there are forces that are also like, no, we got to find out where the where they went. There's mm-hmm. so much of our world that is dependent on all three of them being here, and so we need to figure mm-hmm. this out. So I imagine like things getting progressively worse with weather patterns and things like that, weird yeah. sort of wild magic things happening with yeah. the disappearance of this very integral sort of uh, you know uh, pillar, really, you know, to the universe. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, have your campaign start right when, like, maybe a week or two after that happens. So the three pillars, the three verses should be called the breath, the balance, right? Maintaining mm-hmm. the balance of the three. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's the third one? The <sighs> basilisk. The b- the brew, the beer. Bob, the Bob, the Buddy Holly's Bob, Barbershop. The Bob, 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 What's the, what's the third one? I just told you. <laughs> no, you not, were, you, were you not listening to the? No, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. It was so it was so then it it was the breath, the balance, and the ba 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 Barbara Am. I think that's Am. the one that I think that's the one that went missing too. 
It's funny. It took me like 20 <clears throat> years to realize they're saying Barbara Ann, not ba 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 baram. Oh yeah, baram, baram. That's more so of the, a modern day lyric. The breath, is the third, the beat? balance. Does that does have to be B? Um, the bastion, the bastion, um, uh, which is the the laws that the gods oh, how, created. How about how about, Be- how about bedlam? The bedlam, Ooh. bedlam. Yeah, I like that. The That's mad, awesome. madness, like that chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's really cool. I wish. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. That's really awesome. I wish there were more than three. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there could be other deities, but these are like the three prime. You know, because the the Boston Red Sox have to be on there. There are B. There are B. (laughs) If we're putting the uh, if we're putting those surfer ninjas song on there, I feel like we have to put the Red Sox. Well, you you just want there to be more gods so that the Baca can be one. You want the Baca to be a god with the bees. The Baca. Uh, yeah. P- parking his car in the hot, hot sun. Yeah. Wicked, wicked pisser. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Well, thank you all very much, I suppose, for tuning in to this episode of... Uh, Roll up and die. Your uh, <laughs> extremely late RPG podcast, yeah. but I hope that you join us on October 29th That's at right. Brigade Con because the three of us are going to be running a panel called "Ideas You, you can, can Steal." Lots and yeah. lots of them. Yeah, I I'm so bad at remembering what time it's at. 11:30 a.m. till uh, uh sometime later. Yes, and and it's, that's I, Eastern. Yeah, Until we sometime, stop, something later, and that is an Eastern. Yes, till yeah, we yeah. stop. Uh, but we, keep in mind that uh, go to brigadecon.org and you'll see the schedule of all the games that's and right. events, and we will see you at the con. It's going to be awesome, as always. Yeah, so excited. So, Get your so questions yeah, thank ready. you all very much for tuning into Roll Up and Die. My name is Barker, and my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice, and my name is Alex, aka Captain Gothnog. And as we leave you this evening, I leave you with Matt Click. Words from under the desk. But hold on, I'm just trying to make sure dice. I understand. I'm under my desk. What's up? I dropped my dice. I'm under my desk. <laughs> Do you need me to send help? Hang on. This is Matt recording from underneath my desk. Duck and cover, Matt. Duck and cover. <laughs> hey, hey, Matt. Matt. Yeah. Take a yeah. three-second pause and say one word that's absolutely random right now. Avocado. This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog, and his work can be found on DriveThruRPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form, as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on facebook.com slash rollupanddie, iTunes, and rollupanddie.podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.